Hey girl, hey. Welcome back, sis. Welcome back to Confessions of a High Strung Woman. My name is Abby Walker, and if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. I'm so excited to have you. This is one of my favorite places in the world because we get real, real honest in here. And in a world where everything is like filtered and photoshopped and adjusted and edited, um, we need some realness in our lives. And we have gotten pretty honest in the last couple weeks, specifically about this kind of idea and practice and culture of, quote, lady shame. If you're just joining us for the first time and you're like, what on earth is she talking about? Um, I was able to share a little bit of my story in the past couple episodes, including the Gentle and Quiet Spirit episode, which, you know, if you can't tell already in the first 45 seconds of this, I probably am not a Gentle and Quiet Spirit kind of girl. Um, but I was able to share some of my stories in the places where I have experienced the most pressure and... Uh, the most conflict in my life where I was being pressured to change who I was or how I was doing things um, to fit what I would call like group expectations or cultural norms or traditions or different things like that. And as women, we, I don't know what it is necessarily about us because I don't feel like guys just like going around, they just go around bossing each other, but ladies, we just, we do it. (laughs) If we're not being bossed, then we're probably bossing somebody. And a lot of that probably comes from like the superhero, uh, mom, you know, maternal gene that we have that it's like, we don't have time for this. We just need to get things done. All that being said, lady shame, as I have experienced it and kind of defined it, can look like any form of the following. Uh, Being looked up and down. I call that the once over. You know, when you walk up to somebody and they're just giving you the once over. It's really bad in my own personal experience where you get the twice or three times over. Like, they really don't know what to do with you. Um, Things like backhanded compliments. Things like, oh, I love how you can just wear anything. Um, judgments, criticisms, outright rejection, like, no, you can't be a part of our group or our roster's full, things like that. Um, unsolicited advice or instruction used in a way to change you or your behavior. And it's specifically, it happens by another woman. Y'all, oh my gosh. Um, I knew I experienced lady shame, but I wanted to know if you guys did and how you did Specifically, so I created a poll on Facebook and asked. Uh, basically, I tried to super simplify the question because there's so many different places where we just get so much unsolicited advice. Hello, Facebook land, social media, all the things. Um, and I asked, you know, where do you experience the most lady shame? Like, a, do you experience it? And yes, if you do, you know, vote on this poll. And I put I put it into kind of two buckets. And the first one I classified as body shame. Everything from our weight to how we take care of ourselves to how um, we feel like we're supposed to look in, you know, light of the world. We talked about the fact that 50 women in the entire universe look like supermodels, and yet we make that the standard, which is so insanely crazy. So we had body shame, which we talked a lot about last week, um, which was amazing, and I was so honored that so many of y'all showed up and shared, like, incredibly 
vulnerable stories. Everything from like, I'm getting out of the pool and I look up, like I'm already like, man, I'm not feeling super comfortable. And people are pointing at me and laughing like, mm-mm, hell no, mm, mm, gets me riled up all over again. Okay. So we talked about body shame. We talked about how to deal with it. We talked about how to value and love and appreciate the bodies that God has given us to live. Like our bodies are never supposed to be the point. They're just supposed to be the vehicle for us to live. So yes, we have to take good care of them. We need to feed them good food. We need to exercise because it keeps us sane and it makes us strong and it makes us healthier. It builds up our immune system, all those kinds of things. So we had body shame and then we had what I called mind shame. Honestly, it was for lack of a better kind of bucket to put it in, but that kind of included everything from relationships to parent shaming, mom shaming. That was a really big one. Um, Expectations for how you're supposed to be a woman in your career or in your family or even in your churches, like all of that kind of just relational expectation. And you guys showed up on this poll. I mean, I was, I knew that I had experienced a lot of shame in more of the relational side of things of like just fundamentally who I was because I was loud and spirited in an extremely conservative environment that was like, you're supposed to be quiet and gentle and sweet. And I was like, yeah, I'm sassy and spirited and feisty. Um, and I spent most of my life in deep, painful, chronic rejection of myself, but hallelujah, I've been set free from that place and am now walking in a place of just, I mean, honestly, just so much peace, but also like authenticity and, and like confidence, like this is who God made me and this is what I made to do. And a direct result of God doing that work in my life is me being here with you guys today to talk about this podcast. So on the poll, um, 33% of women said they experienced body shame and 67% of women said that they experienced the mind, the relational shame, which blew me away. Y'all that means that twice as many women were like, yeah, relational shaming is the big one. I think because we live in such a blatantly shallow, harsh world, I expected more of the body shaming because if our expectation is to look like the 50 women, the five, zero, 50 women that look a certain way, they look like supermodels. Then I expected that ratio to trickle down and for us to all be like, Oh yeah, I have body shame. That's where I deal with it the most. Um, but it, it, it's true. We feel pressure and expectation and direct shame from how we do life. If we're not doing it in a way that other people, other women particularly understand or agree with much less endorse and support and rally around and celebrate. And, um, it. You guys just not only showed up and and said, yes, this is how we experience it, but you, again, shared some amazing stories. And those are some of what I want to share with you guys today. Um, It ranged from everything from not feeling like that you were good enough to be a part of friend groups. Like maybe these were girls that you've known your whole life. Maybe these are new coworkers at a new job. Maybe these are people that you've known and been around for a long time, or maybe it's new, but y'all that's so real. Like when you walk into your room and it's just like, "Mm -mm." you just, you're feeling sized up. You're getting the once over or you're not the right person. I mean, I don't know where this lie came and like reigns as, as King, you know, among women, but it's that we all have to be the same. We all have to agree to get along. I've never understood that because Literally, there's never been a season in my life 
that I've had a friend that's in the exact same place as me. That's just never how it was. Like when all of my friends were getting married, I was still single and I was out touring. And then when I, it was time for me to get married, they were all too busy to come to my wedding because they were having babies and, and planning life and doing all that kind of stuff. And, and y'all that's okay. I shouldn't say that all of them didn't come to the wedding. Definitely. My people came to the wedding, but what I'm trying to communicate is if you think that everybody has to be in the exact same place of life as you are or agree with all of the things that you agree with in order to be someone who can love you well and celebrate you and support you, you are missing out on a mess of wonderful people. Like you are missing out on a sisterhood that is found in just being a woman and supporting each other. And these other places where we're like, we connect because everything's the same. They're so rigid. They're so rigid that if you step out of line or you change anything or you move out of the neighborhood or your income status changes, like you're, you're kicked to the curb. And that is not how female friendships are, should be. Y'all, we, like the Lord made us to be mama bears, like to be these mothers where we are fierce caretakers and we don't give up on things that we love. And that is the same we're supposed to carry some of that into our friendships and our relationships with others, especially our fellow female friendships. Okay, so we talked about um, not feeling like you're good enough to be a part of friends, friend groups. Um, church groups were another really, really big one. Again, I expected that for myself because, or I expected that from my perspective because I spent so much of my life in church. But I got so many comments from people um, that not only said, hold on. Can I vote for both? <laughs> um, but that also said, man, church groups, like small groups, Bible study groups, they have been really, really tough. And I think it's, I don't know all of why it is, but it's insanely frustrating because the result of this, y'all, like the result of this is that less and less of us are walking through not just the doors of a church, but are looking to, are open to walking in community with other women who love Jesus. Like, we're doing something wrong if that's how people walk away from our gatherings. Does that make sense? I mean, Jesus met people exactly where they were. One of my favorite stories is the woman who is literally thrown in the street out of the bed of adultery. So y'all, she didn't have a lot of clothes on. She was literally in the middle of the sin. She's thrown in front of Jesus and they're like ready to stone her. And I love it because he just goes to the ground and he's like drawn in the sand and he's like, hmm, how about the first one of you that doesn't have any sin, you can throw the stone. Oh my gosh. Like, was this woman doing something wrong? Yeah, absolutely. Was she walking or living in sin? However, whatever you want to wrap around it. Absolutely. But did Jesus meet her where she was? Yes, because he knows that our actions are symptoms of something else. And when he meets us at the heart and our heart is to be loved and to be connected with, that's where we come to him. Like love, what is that, that line? Uh, love the sinner, let Jesus deal with the sin. Like that's why we can freely love people no matter where they are. Okay. So church groups are a big one. Another thing I just wanted to say is that I, it doesn't matter if it's a Bible study group or a workout group or a, you know, PT or whatever it is, I, I just hate collections of people, specifically groups of women, where there's an expectation to be a certain way. Like you, you can't sit with us unless it's exactly this way. I mean, we're going back to Mean Girls, like go on and preach Mean Girls. What it should be is that we should be able to 
love people where they are and let them be where they are and not perceive everything in the world as a threat, okay? It's not a threat. Like, you're not going to take away from this woman. You're not going to take anything away from yourself by celebrating this other lady. You're not going to threaten your... (laughs) you know, the, the morality of the environment. If you love a woman with where she is and she's struggling with everything from like, I don't even know, an affair to her marriage falling apart to trying to figure out how to parent her kid. Like we should be able to open up our hearts and to love the people where they are. Like when it turns into a conditional place of love for us to even like let people in the door, we've really, really missed something. Now, let me take just a second and say this, like your people the people you let into your life to speak into the vulnerable places of your life to to you know grab you and shake you and remind you who you are like those are people that as Brené Brown talks about like they're also in the arena getting their tail in kicked because they believe in the same things that you believe in when it comes to like courage and showing up for your life and different things like that there's a different level of not expectation, but like there's a different standard for the people that you really, really let in to affect you. But I'm talking about like just how you experience ladies at the grocery store. Okay. Like if she's not dressed the way you think should be, she should be dressed and you're throwing her dirty looks like sis, that's lady shame. Okay. All right. So we need to celebrate each other's uniqueness and not live in a constant state of everything's a threat. Every, it's just danger, danger, danger. We need to stand our sacred ground. Remember who we are, who God's made us to be, and then also remember who he is, that he reigns over all. And that your responsibility to get to be love and to be Jesus to the women around us always starts from a place of welcoming and not from a place of judgment. Okay, I think the big winner was actually mom shame. Oh my gosh, I'm not a mom. I'm not going to proclaim for one second to act like I know all of what this is. I am an aunt. My sister is a mom. I have so many sweet and precious dear friends that are moms. And I think it's the hardest freaking job in the world. In fact, I know it's so hard that that's part of why I'm 36 and I don't have a baby yet. I know it's hard. I know I know that it's also so, so worth it. But the I have so much respect for it because it is, oh my gosh, like, there's a reason that not only do men not physically do the work of having the babies, but that they don't like sustain life with the children because it takes the heart of a damn lion. And moms, first of all, I want you to hear me say whatever is going on in your messy car, in your messy house, if somebody just somebody just threw up, if the dog pooped in the other, whatever it is, I want you to hear me say you are an amazing, incredible woman and you are doing a fantastic job. And your family is so grateful for you, even when they don't show it, but you are shaping their lives and you are shaping who they are. And from one woman to another, I just want you to know that I'm on my feet, hands above my ear, hands in the air above my head, just fist pumping, giving you a hell yeah, because what you do is hard freaking work. It is good good, meaningful, incredible work that nobody else can do but you. And God has gifted you and he's anointing you to be the mom to your specific kids. And I just want you to hear somebody say to you today, you're freaking badass. And I'm just, I'm just proud to even know you. I hope one day to have the heart of a mom like you do. Like, hear me say that. The crazy thing is, 
these moms, these women who pour their, I mean, it's their blood, sweat, and tears into loving these kids and raising these kids and trying to know what's right for them. What's right for this kid is not necessarily what's right for that kid. And how can we afford to do this? And how can we give them opportunity, but also not spoil them? And Lord, help me to pray, you know, show me how to pray for my kid and anoint me how to to know how to discipline them and how to give them grace. Like I can't, it's so freaking hard. Even in the middle of all of that, the, the, the fiery freaking arrow that the enemy has crafted and that he uses so much is this thing called mom shame. We're at our weakest points when you're in, you know, the store and your little one is just like, I will, I am losing my mind. I will throw myself on this ground and I will, I will make noises like there is an exorcism happening in aisle five. When you're in the middle of that moment and you see another lady walk by you and give you a dirty look or make some nasty comment. And I mean, it just guts the heart of that mama and the protective big sister in me just wants to like pull my earrings out and go fight everybody. But that's my response is like, no, no, that is not okay. Um, Mom shaming is not okay. Like all of lady shame is not okay, but mom shaming, oh my sweet mercy. So the first thing I want to say is that to anybody who's experienced that mom shame, and there's so many of us, and the only reason I haven't experienced it is because I don't even, because I don't have a baby. I'm not technically a mom, or I'm not a mom. There's no technicality about it. It's a very clear, (laughs) it's a very clear finish line to when you become a mom. Um, That... That was wrong, and I just, if like, on behalf of the world, I want to apologize to you and say we are wrong. We didn't understand your battle. We didn't appreciate your struggle, and we want to thank you for raising and investing in the future of our world and our generation. Y'all, if you've heard it, you need to shut it down. If you've experienced it, I am praying for the mercy and the grace of Jesus to wash over you so that, that you are able to let that go, that none of that is internalized. And, you know, in every situation, I believe that there's tremendous wisdom in that prayer. Lord, separate the precious from the vile. Show me if there's any truth to this and then help me to just throw the rest away. Throw it away like it is garbage. Like it stinks. I need to get it out of my house. They need to come pick it up and take it away. That's how we need to respond to lies in our lives. But Lord, show me if there's any truth in this. Like, okay, could I do, does my kid need more attention in this place? Do I need it? Like we, we should always be open to those things, but I don't even think that's a problem with women, honestly, like, especially in the mom place, because all you're trying to do is do what's best for this kid. And oh yeah, also like survive, (laughs) you know, mom shaming is, it can come in all different places. Um, let me share with you guys some of the stories that I heard. Let me pull this up here. Um, one of my good friends here in San Antonio, um, gosh, a lady who I just love and respect so much, she was talking about going to pick her son up um, from his school, and she's walking into the classroom, and she was like, it was a day. Like, she has four kids. She's a super mom, an incredible woman, like, great wife, just so giving, so generous. And she needed to go talk to the teacher about something, and she's like, I'm in leggings and a t-shirt, like, whatever. And she's like, I'm walking up to the teacher, and the teacher gives me the twice over. And... She was like, it made me so mad. I was immediately just infuriated. And I'm like, yeah, you should be. And then I asked her, I'm like, 
what did you do? Like, how did you respond? And she said, after I got over my initial anger, like, you know, the your face gets flushed and red. And like, she's, she's saying that this woman gave her the once over as she's walking to her, like looking like lo eyes locked in. Like it's, that was very bold. It was a very bold lady shame moment. She said, I considered how insecure she must feel about herself. Like how did her mom treat her? Because it takes being shamed to actually want to be the shamer. There's something triggering that behavior. And I was like, man, I wish I had had that presence of mind and that wisdom, you know, in the places where I've experienced that kind of lady shame. But that is so the truth. And it can be really, really hard to get there because we're so mad at the pain somebody's inflicting on us. But when we can calm down, take a step back and take a deep breath and realize, man, this isn't even about me. I represent something to her that is in her background that's like really messed up. And even though it caused me pain, when I take it to the Lord and I say, okay, Lord, separate the precious the vile. And he's like, that's vile. You put that in the trash can, you take it out to the curb. We let that go. And we're able to realize we're able, it's, it rolls off of our back easier because we realize it's not really about us. It's not supposed to, we're, we, we, desperately need to fight and make sure and war to not internalize any of those messages that are based on something that has nothing to do with us, like that kind of rejection or that kind of a judgment. Other places that ladies shared that they experienced um, shame was actually in places of faith. I think that that's so true. Um, for some people, they see faith as like a weak option like it's make believe or it's whatever and and I mean anybody who knows who's really walked with the Lord like to choose to believe is so much harder than to choose to not believe um that's I, I totally see that and I, I can understand that and that too is a place where you can be like man they just don't get it so you hold on and you keep talking about and loving Jesus and showing him your life and how how different the joy of knowing that you have something else to believe in besides just your abilities and how the world's going to treat you. And they will see and they will know. Um, other places included jobs, careers, um, everything, even down from teaching to like being in the military. I'll share some of those stories um, later. I thought this was really fascinating. Um, a woman who's been a teacher for a long time, she said that when a bunch of women are in a profession, it just seems inevitable that lady shame is going to happen. And I think that there's wisdom in that, not because it's okay, but because if we can set and adjust our expectations that that is something we can expect to happen, but also to know that when it does happen, it's not really anything about us. It can soften the blow a little bit and it, it can really help us. Um, other places may include within your family, maybe things like women in our family stay at home with the kids. They don't work or women in our family don't get divorced or women in our family stay strong and don't ever cry or break down. We have to be the strong ones. Um, maybe it's not having kids yet or not being married yet. I got that from several girls. Like, <laughs> You know, when I talked earlier about my friends never being in the same place, like my closest friends, like my dearest, most precious friends, two of them are single still. And y'all, they're not single because something's wrong with them. So why don't you stop asking them that? They are waiting for the one that the Lord has and the Lord, he just, it, it hasn't happened yet. And, um, talking to people like you're so shocked like oh my gosh how are you single like that is not encouraging okay love them ask them about their life ask them what they love about their life like 
it is not women, although we love relationships, like we can focus too much on being defined by them. And I had some really tough places for some years for me, you know, even in Dallas where everybody around me was moms and that is just not where I was. I was in the studio. I was on the road and I knew that's what I was supposed to be doing, but it just broke my heart because I would come to interactions with these ladies with the heart to want to connect, knowing full well that we're not in the same place. And so, but I would exert all of this energy and all this effort to understand and hear and try and like wrap my head around where they were. Like, man, how's potty training going? Like, I don't know anything about potty training, but I know that's what you're going through and I care about you. So I'm trying to show up for you. I'm trying to hear, I'm trying to understand because I want to love you. And uh, it was so, it just, it re- it was so hard on the deepest level because those those women did not reciprocate that. Like they just looked at me like something was wrong with me that I didn't want to be home or be a nanny yet or have kids right away or whatever. And ugh, it was super hard and incredibly frustrating. Um, the crazy thing is, like I told you guys just a second ago, the closest friendships in my life now are not women who are in the exact same place of life as me. They're women that I love and respect and I think they're awesome. And by loving them where they are and appreciating and knowing their lives and their daily challenges, it expands my worldview beyond just like how I see and do life, which is incredibly, incredibly important for us as women because the more we're around women that aren't like us, the more our minds and hearts are opened up to lots of different options and lots of different opportunities and lots of different places for our lives to be enriched and to be made better. And also it teaches us how to really love people unconditionally because if the conditions are that everybody has to look and sound like and dress like and be the same as us like congratulations you're loving somebody exactly like you like what's the big deal you know what I mean love is fierce it is tenacious it is powerful and we learn to love people that are in different places than us then we're when we're willing to exert the effort and the energy to to get to know this woman sitting down from us who may look completely different or who may mom completely different than we do or who may teach completely differently the way than than we do that is an incredible place and i i like it's like you can't ever go back to just hanging out with people who are all the same it's it's like you've tasted the great big old buffet and you're like i'm not going back to having a sandwich every single day okay um, another couple places that I thought were interesting that I just wanted to share, I got everything from, you know, I felt shamed for not being super dressed up. And then I also got some, I feel shamed for being dressed up. Like some, some of us love to, some of us live in yoga pants and, um, jogging shorts, jogging shorts. What am I trying to say? stretchy pants, stretchy shorts, because they're comfortable. Very little jogging happens in them. And that's where we feel good. That's where we feel comfortable. That's where we feel, um, powerful. And then some of us love high heels and lipstick and that's how we feel really good. And again, it goes back to this place of like, you should not be threatened. We can't come at it. Like we feel threatened by somebody being dressed up or dressed down because the point where threat comes in is when we make that a point of comparison. It's me versus you. I mean, I know we all want to show up like just trying not to stick out like a sore thumb and I can really understand that, but to shame people for wanting to be dressed up or for not wanting to be dressed up, like that's you got to let that go. Like we are so many different. We as women are are so different. We love all different kinds of things. Like it's my I've one grandmother who loves 
rhinestones and ballroom dancing and, you know, has rocking legs for a 90-year-old lady and consistently wears, you know, shorts because she can. And then I have another grandmother who covers everything up with lace because that's how she feels most comfortable. And she wears you know, beautiful pinks and it's very, one is literally like rhinestones and ballroom and one is very feminine and flowers. And like, I love them both. And I think they're both incredibly beautiful women, but they're very, very different in the same way that you can have somebody who has like, just it's very different for me, very different styles, very different, you know, whatever. Okay. I want to go back to this. When, when we experience lady shame, I asked uh, some of the ones who shared on Facebook, I'm like, how did you deal with it? Because I don't think that there's just one way to deal with it. I want to give you guys these stories to understand this is how other women are dealing. This is how other women are processing. Um, because it's important to know, like if I get up here and I'm like, and this is the way you deal with it. And this is the one way I'm defeating the entire purpose and heart of this entire podcast, which is be you, do you, you should be 100% unique because God didn't create us to be a, like a, a line of copy and paste. He made us to be unique, to do the things that, that we alone can do. And he made you to be unique, to be your kid's mama. He made you to be unique, to be your husband's wife, to be your parent's daughter, to be in your job, to be in your career. If you're not fully being you, you're not fully showing up for the purpose for like why God made you. Okay. So um, how are people dealing with it? <clears throat> okay, so one uh, lady who has been a teacher for a long time, I just thought this was so fascinating. I said, you know, how do you deal with it? What do you do? And she said, I try to focus on what I'm really there to do. And it feeds my need to prove what I can do. Ultimately, I try to remain focused on what God is calling me to do. So basically, she's saying, like, I can't do anything about what these other people, these other women are saying about me or how catty they are or whatever. What I can focus on is what I'm there to do. And that's a great perspective because it acknowledges inherently that it's a distraction. Like, it is straight up a distraction. And yet, this is what's super crazy. So many of us have and can spend our entire lives chasing a distraction of winning people over. It's not the point. It's the greatest distraction of our lives as women. Between winning people over and making people like us and fighting our bodies, I feel like those are the two things that the enemy's like, oh, I've got it. Let me take out the most passionate, powerful, anointed gender I'm going to distract them with hating their bodies and thinking that everybody needs to like them. Y'all, I can't even. That'll preach. Like, this is my preacher's daughter coming out in me. Like, acknowledge it for what it is. And it it is, you can just see it coming in. Like, when you're getting ready to do something like have a tough conversation with your kids or go in for a new job interview or... Um, I don't know, step into a new mom's group or a ladies group or whatever and you catch some of that shade and you just start doing the spinning spiral of like, I'm not enough. They're going to judge me. Oh my gosh, what is happening? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. That is a distraction. And when you can begin to acknowledge the attacks of the enemy, I know this is one of my favorite things to talk on. We'll even call it preaching, lady preaching about. It's because it is. And when you can acknowledge it, you're like, oh, this is what this is. This isn't about me. The enemy's super mad that I'm about to walk into this place and be an anointed, amazing mom to my kid. Or the enemy's mad that I'm about to go make some connections and have a friendship 
that is going to change my life forever. He's going to do whatever he can to shut those things down. It is absolutely a distraction. So do like our friend Julie, the teacher said, I'm focused on what you're there to do. Remain focused on what God is calling you to do and see it as a distraction. All right, so this has gotten long. I'm going to divide it into two episodes um, just to give you a break and to give you a chance to check it all out. But I wanted to end both episodes with uh, by being able to share one of my songs that I've written um, off my Feisty album. It is called Shaken Off Your Dust. And so much of it, oh, so much of it is kind of what we talked about today with just dealing with... Um, other women and being judged and talking behind our backs and all that different kind of stuff. And I wanted to leave you with it because uh, the chorus of it is one of my favorite lines. It says, Oh honey, green just ain't your color. Like jealousy does not look good on anybody. It is, it is not good. Um, the second line is being mean. It just makes you suffer. The next one is you can have your jealousy cause I got my eyes on bigger things. Y'all, we are aiming higher, aiming higher. Tune back in. I'll have the next episode right up for you to jump in if you have the time. But as always, I so appreciate you hanging out. Uh, This is Confessions of a High Strung Woman, and I am Abby Walker. He run your mouth about me. Can't stand your jealousy, I've had enough I'm shaking off your dust I've been working for way too long To let you keep small, I've had enough I'm shaking off your dust You try to bring me down You try to make me fail Try to keep me small I've had enough of shaking off your dust I've been doing this way too long And I'm the first one to come along I've had enough of shaking off your dust You try to bring me down You try to make me fail You try to keep me small Monster will eat you up. Let us die.
Yeah. 